I belong to you. Just like Pastor George was saying, there were so many bits and pieces of that that just stood out to me. But for many of you that know my story, you know that um, I was born in another country and I was sold here and I um, was adopted by a Jewish family and then I was orphaned again. And so right now, in this present time, and I ask you to keep this in prayer, I have currently officially started the search for my biological family. Um, it's, thank you. For those of you who know the story. Um, it's very exciting, it's very scary, it's very daunting, um, it's very eye-opening. Um, but what I realized more than anything, and just this morning there were some papers that I had to fill out for the, to be submitted to the Colombian government. And they were asking me all these questions. One of the questions that they asked me was, why do you want to know your biological mother? And Thomas was like offended with that question, like, what do you mean? That is my God-given right on earth to know where I came from, just like it is everybody in this room. It's your human right to know where you come from, to be able to connect to that. And so anyway, I finished filling it out, and when I was done, I just thought to myself, I just had this peace, and I just thought to myself, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who gave me away. It doesn't matter who didn't want me. It doesn't matter necessarily who wants me. It doesn't matter. I need to lay down those fears whether my mother, if I find my mother, she'll want me or not. If I find my father, if he'll want me or not. Because at the end of the day, while sitting here, I belong to Jesus. I don't belong to any man or woman or entity. I belong to him. And that's the one thing throughout my whole journey in Christ that has given me a peace over the torment in my soul when it came to this whole situation. And the reason why I've started to do this now, as opposed to maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, is because a word came to me that it was time, against my wishes, against my own will. But you know, when God has timing for something, he's going to get that done, amen? amen? And that's not what I wanted to share today. And really, this morning, my husband um, has a word on his heart, and so I want to make sure to give him time for that. Um, but I did want to just share with you one thing from the word. On Friday night, um, Pastor Bert and Alice are away right now on vacation, so if they're watching, I don't know where the feed is. Oh, hi, guys. I know they're probably watching in Florida. Um, we always have the privilege, Josh and I, to take over our young adult Bible study. And so I got the chance to teach out of John this Friday. And I, and I stumbled across something that sort of just blew my mind, but then didn't surprise me. But then I said, man, I needed to hear that. So, you know, we're gathered here as a body. And yeah, we've been on this journey together. And it does feel a little monotonous. And it does feel sometimes a little dull. And sometimes it feels heavy because we're not in our own home, right? But there's a purpose for it. And in it, I know that we've become stronger as a people, no matter what obstacle we've been facing, no matter, you know, like I still see faces coming in, new faces. And so God has a purpose for this body. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so sometimes we feel like, you know, we say all we need is Jesus, and we do, that is what we need, but we also need one another, amen? amen. We definitely need each other. And we're co-laboring in this together with Christ. The body of Christ is co-laboring with Jesus Christ himself to make himself known in the earth. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. And if you don't, I'm about to school you. <laughs> all right, so John 11, okay? I was reading, reading the story about Lazarus. If you don't know who he is, you should open up John 11, because that would be the best way to find out. But anyway, Lazarus was dead. He was dead for four days, and as some of you may know, um, Jesus comes on the scene, and that's the famous scripture of two words that says, Jesus wept. 
right? He took compassion on, on Lazarus' loved ones, and he came to raise him from the dead. And I love this. So if you go to Jesus, I mean, um, you go to John 11, and you go to verse 38, it says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Okay, if you can imagine it, this dead man behind this stone, okay? And so he says to the people around him, take away the stone. <coughs> now, I thought about that. You, Jesus, you're about to raise this man from the dead, but you're requiring, you're giving it a command, and you're requiring the people, if you could see it this way, he's requiring the body to lift the weight. And to move the stone. And if you read a little bit further down, they're kind of like, you know, but he's been in there four days. He probably smells like, you know, sometimes Jesus tells us to do something and we're sort of like, uh, I got excuses here, God. Hold on one second. Before I do what you want me to do, let me just give you my excuses real quick. Okay? <laughs> but Jesus always wins. Because they move the stone, right? So they move the stone and, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, Jesus calls him forth. He says, when Jesus... Had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. He said, Lazarus, come out. And it says, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And so now Jesus says to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus Christ just literally raised a man from the dead. But as Lazarus walks out of the grave, his feet are still bound. His mouth is still bound. He's still in all the grave clothes. Isn't that like us? Isn't that like us? When we get saved, we are totally bound, right? We come to Jesus with nothing. We come to him with nothing but our brokenness and our stench. We come to offer him nothing but the deadness in our lives. But you know what he does? He calls the church to loose the person that God has raised unto salvation. He calls the church and he says, Loose him. And I want to encourage you to know that in this hour, this story of Lazarus is about salvation, you guys. It's totally about salvation. And then it goes into the cross, which is just such an appropriate conversation because in a couple weeks we'll be celebrating Easter. Right? And so we come, we come as dead men. But Jesus calls the church to let his people go. So we are co-laboring together. And in this hour, I heard the Spirit of God say, I want the body of Christ to have momentum. I want them to begin, not begin, but I want them to continue, almost like the sun orbits around the earth. I want the body of Christ to orbit around the Spirit of God, no matter how monotonous it feels. Sometimes it feels like, oh, this again. Oh, we got to pray for that one again. Oh, we got to believe for this again. Oh, we got to wait for the building again. Oh, we got to get on Wednesday night prayer call and really believe that Jesus is going to open the doors to our building. Yes, because he wants us to go around and around and around his spirit and be so engulfed in what he is calling us to do so that we can set people free. So if you're in here today and you're part of the body of Christ, I want you to know that you have been called to work alongside Jesus. Not to watch him work, to labor alongside of him. Because he's going to raise the dead, but you're going to lose them. You're going to do it. And he's going to give you the grace, and he's going to give you the strength, and the power, and the perseverance to continue to orbit around the spirit and to be sensitive. Does the sun ever get tired of orbiting the earth? Does the moon 
just say, ah, I'm tired, it's been zillions of years, I wanna stop now. No, it stays in its rightful position and it continues to orbit around the earth. And that's with the body of Christ, that's how we gain our momentum. Even when it feels we have no momentum, that's when we have it, when we're being obedient and saying, yes, God, yes, Holy Spirit, you told me to move this way, I'm going this way. You told me to forgive again, I'm forgiving. You told me to pray again, I'm gonna pray. You told me to hold on, I'm gonna hold on. And I'm gonna do it over and over and over and over. And God is gonna give me the grace to do so. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I wanna call up my husband to give you a word this morning. What's up? What happened this morning? What came out this morning? Amen. Yeah, I just want to piggyback of what she just said. When he called Lazarus forth, he called him forth. To show the people the, the miracles and the glory of God. To show them how God is powerful. I believe in this season, God called us out for a purpose. And a scripture that came to me was this, James 1.4. Let perseverance finish his work. Finish his work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If I had a title for some people watching it online, um, the reason for the season. The reason why we are in this season is so that we can be fully mature, lacking nothing in preparation for what we're about to enter into. I was, I've been talking with a couple of people, even myself, i use myself as a, an example. I've been asking God, when, when, when is the calling that I always heard about for so many years actually comes to pass? And I sat waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting for opportunities, waiting for things to come about. And God's like, I've been preparing you all this season. And in the beginning of the season, all you did was complain and whine, whining. God said, I didn't call you out to wander the desert into the wilderness place. But I called you for a purpose. And that purpose was to wipe away all these. I was talking to Pastor George yesterday. I was like, the walls came down, right? Added seats were added. The stage is being set. But is that happening for us now? Are we in the process of being rebuilt? Are we being grown? Are we growing in this season? Last night I was worshiping and I asked God, I said, just give me something. Give me a sign of what, what you're telling me to say today is what it is. And all I saw, I saw like a, a, a tree barge with no branches, just on a, in, a, in a pot with dirt. And I was looking at it, and I was looking at it, and all I can say is, is this going to grow? Is this going to grow? And God led me to, I reminded me of the scripture when Aaron, when they were complaining about who's in charge or whatever, and they put the stick near the, uh, near the ark, and the stick, the stick began to bud. A dead thing began to bud. And God said, I know what's ahead of you in this season. I know what you're about to approach. And in your own strength, you cannot do it. There is no way in life you can be successful. There are people here that have businesses, got money, got nice cars, got a lot of things. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, you cannot do that on your own strength. It, it needs the Holy Spirit guidance and strength and power to, in order to achieve the things that await us. So let perseverance have its perfect work. Let it finish in us. So we won't be lacking nothing. And the next scripture goes, I, I, which I need it. I said, Lord, if we lack wisdom, ask. And God will give it freely when no act to no fault. You know how many times we make so many mistakes? And we say, Lord, I need, to, I need direction on what to do. But we're worried about we're going to be punished for the mistakes that we made. But God said, when you ask for wisdom, I don't, I don't judge you on what you have done before. But I give it freely to you. 
Because you allow this endurance season, this season of endurance to help you grow. I want to turn to Matthew 4. Because in, in our season where we're seeking God out, there's a time we come to weakness. How many people can say in their season in their lives when they become weak? Right? Well, in that season of weakness is when the enemy shows up. And he don't just show up to just destroy us. There's a reason why he comes to destroy us. Because he knows there's something good on the end of that, this persecution, this time of testing, this time of growing, the time where we let things go finally. You know there's things in our lives that we hold on to forever? Like if you look at yourself and you feel like you're the same way you were like since October or maybe two years from now, there is a, this is a season now where it's time to grow. It's time to grow. Amen? So let's turn to Matthew 4. I don't want you to read it on me. Well, don't read it on me because I don't want you to throw me off when I read it. I have trouble reading it as it is, right? This is, uh, starting, this is about Jesus being tested in the wilderness. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After four, fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That's the weakness part, right? You all get hungry about something. If it ain't about food, it's about something else you desire, right? The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell the stones to become bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw, down the, th throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike the foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put your Lord God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him and the angels came and attempted him. The enemy wanted to deter him from the plan of God that God had for him. He also wanted to give him, feed into his actually fleshy desires. What he was weak at, he wanted to actually serve him up something and then test him on top of that. I don't know about you, since I don't know, we in life, we always go through testings in life. I said, since we left the church, I've been going through like, like a mammoth of stuff happening. <laughs> like all of a sudden, my job, it was like an inspiration when I talk about everybody's into yoga, everybody's into mindful something. I don't know what that is. A new thing? I don't know what that is. I was looking up online, so this Japanese lady praying, so I know it's some kind of Buddhist thing or something like that. But it was like this mindful thing, and all this stuff they were doing. We have all these posters, kids are ahoom in the gym now, ahoom all day long. I'm getting tangled up here. The enemy's trapped. All these things that happen, I'm like, what in God's name is going on? So now I've got to stand up now and go against these things? What's happening? It's just like every thing, attack you'll possibly think about is, is hitting me hard. And I was like, why am I going through? What's the problem? What did I do wrong? Am I doing something wrong? And God was like, no, no, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just in a season of testing. Because I'm about to bring you into the next stage in your life. Amen. The next stage that we've been waiting for. It's been set already for us, but we can't go in. I could not go into the next stage or can't go into the next stage without surrendering to God. And I said, God said, you're not by your might or power, but by my spirit that you're going to accomplish these things. And, God, and I said, Lord, I need to get in my face before you. And God said, don't get so busy. Just get close to me. There is a time where we say, hey, it's little rap relaxing now. What am I going to do so much stuff? God said, yeah, because I left that time now for us to get in my face. To be in my presence. To get filled up and strengthened for the next journey. But the sad thing is, if we don't let those things go and allow God to have his perfect work on us, we can forfeit this season.
We can fall into the trap of the enemy. We can listen to his lies and say, you know what, here, I think you're right. I think I can do this on my own. So I want to turn to Exodus. I'm going to give you an example. Everybody knows the story about Exodus. These guys are fools out there, right? Exodus uh, 32. I'm ready for the NIV version. See, in our weakness, the enemy will come and take the very thing that you're weak with and use it against you for his glory. And we're not careful and pressing to Jesus in this season. We'll go, we'll go enter into the next stage. We, we, we may enter into a next stage of your life. And I'm not just talking about the TSF church. Some of us got all the callings in our life that God has called us to. And we have not moved yet. And we have not done anything yet. And we're waiting for opportunities. Waiting for something to pop off. And God's like, I already told you what you do. Now is the season to grow. Okay, this is uh, Exodus 32. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. These guys are clowns. If you read the, the whole situation leading up to that, they see so many miracles and things. They're actually looking at the mountain. It's like thunder coming from the mountain because God is up there. But they still have the nerve at the bottom of the mountain to say this, right? It's crazy, right? We don't see nothing. We're just hoping that God pop up somewhere that touches in our hearts. They're actually seeing God up there. Um... As for this fellow Mo, this fellow Mo, they call him this fellow. I don't know if that's the NIV version, but it's like almost like playing him. <laughs> As for this fellow Moses who brought you out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. They don't know what this guy is. He's been gone 40 days up there. They don't know what happened to him. Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took, he took what they, they had handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a cat. This is guy is the high priest, right? This guy is a high priest. And they're asking him to do something for him. He decides, I've got a great idea for Let's build a calf, right? Because you know why. We're going to stop real quick. Pause right real quick. Their mentality is still in the old Egypt. Right? And I'm going I'm to read something real quick after I finish reading this. It says, um, these are our gods. These are, they said, then they said, these are our gods who brought us out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. After that, they sat down to eat and drink and indulge in revenue. These guys are having sex and all this craziness uh, in front of the statue and stuff like that. And giving honor to who? In those about a bail statue, they're saying, oh, we're doing honor to God. In the midst of our situation, we're not careful. We will forfeit the right that God has given us, our, our, our rights. It, it, when they left Egypt, check this out. When they left Egypt, he said, you will not go empty-handed. I think I preached about this a while, a while back. So what they did was, he said, ask everyone in your house, every female, for gold, clothing, silver, and all this stuff. And you would take those things and give it to your, your sons and your daughter, and they will wear those things. In the midst of the situation of a weakness, weak in time that they were in, they actually forfeit up the, the inheritance that they received from leaving Egypt and made it into a, a, a God, that forced God that they could worship. In a moment of time when you are weak, if we are not careful, we will forfeit our birthright and not enter into the promised land. And what happened was, a couple of scriptures down, 3,000 people got killed that day because they chose not to be on the side of who God was, on God's side. The enemy has come in this season to deceive us, to stop the growth process, and to destroy us in the wilderness so we will not enter into the promise that God has for us. I don't know what promise that God has made to you in your life. I don't know what you're waiting for. I know me and my wife have all these dreams and all this stuff. And it almost was like diminishing. You weren't feeling it. That this time was almost like suffocating it. And God said, you know what? Don't make, don't make this situation an idol to me. 
This is the time, I, I allow this time to, I led you out of this situation so that you can grow close to me. So that you can seek me out. If you lack wisdom, ask for wisdom. God wants us to come out in the power of the Holy Ghost and be able to do the things that we cannot do. And the enemy comes and tests us who we are in Christ. Try to judge us to see where we are. Oh, you did this, so you're not a child of God. Oh, you did that the other day, you're not a child of God. Try to give us another option in our lives, another option to follow rather than what God wants. And we settle. A lot of times we do settle for different things. But God wants us to grow. God sees that a lot of us are not growing. It's not about joining ministries and being busy. A lot of people are busy, but they have no authority and power. That's not what God wants. What God wants is just to move in his power. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta confess that. I know in my heart, you know what? For, for many years, we didn't want to do, you know what we wanted to do? We never wanted to be a pastor. We don't want to pastor our own church. We don't want, I don't want to do that. We, you know, we see the, the hardships and the things that happen. I don't ever want to do that. I had no desire to do that. But as time goes by and, and I start seeing people, I start seeing the growth and seeing, actually seeing the difficulty it is to leave a church and all this stuff, I said, Lord, I cannot do this. He said, No, you cannot do this. You can do all things through me that I strengthen you. But on your own, like he said, our pastor said today about the branch, away from me, you can do nothing if you're not connected into the branch. If you're not connected into the vine or Jesus, you can do nothing. It's time. It's time to grow. It's time. I don't know how else to say that. It is time to grow. And if we continue in the same way and continue in the, in the lack and not, not seeking the Lord, like the pastor said today, he said we worship a lot of times. A lot of times it's just songs. When Moses came off the mountain, Joshua said, look, I hear, I hear a battle cry. He said, it's not a battle cry, and it's not a sound of defeat. You're just singing. The people were just singing. There was no power in that. There was no God in that. It was just them singing and doing what they were supposed to do. If you ask, if you search your heart, really search your heart and say, Lord, am I everything you want me to be? Am I allowing you to be everything in me? If your answer is no, I, 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 I encourage you today, like I did, to repent to God and say, Lord, forgive me for doing things my way. You may feel pressed from all the stresses of life and being in the wilderness is a hard situation. That's when finances get messed up. That's when you lose a lot people's lives and, and stresses come. Everything comes at you all at once. But when we seek to seek the Lord and seek Him out for the Lord, I need your help in this time. I need to get through this hard situation. The only way you're going to do is through Jesus. We can't wander this. God didn't call us to wander this desert. We're not supposed to be aimlessly. You know, look at the word wandering. It talks about walking, moving around aimlessly. God didn't call people to, you know, and I, I've been noticing a lot of things in this season. And one thing I noticed, a lot of people are codependent on other people. Like, I need you to do this for me. I need you to get me out of this situation. I need you to pray me out of this and do this and do it. There was a time for that. But I realized one thing has happened is no one's doing it on their own. They're relying on other people to do it for them. I can't rely on nobody to do it. I can't rely on my wife to do something. She may be in a bad mood, right? <laughs> Amen, right? <laughs> the puppy may have pooped on the floor like two times and she could be upset about that. And I need, I may need something. I can't, I can't get it for her that now. So at that moment, I lose out. Or do I go before the Lord myself? See, I'm not saying that the church, I'm not trying to disqualify our, our position and the, as leaders and stuff to nurture you guys and to see you grow and stuff. I'm not, that should always be. But what I'm saying is that there's a time in your life where you need to go before Jesus and say, Lord, I need to know for me in my life, what am I supposed to do? 
Because I believe everybody that's in here not to be in TSF for the rest of their lives. This is a church. We build healthy families. We see people grow, and we push people onto their dreams and their ministries and their callings. But if you don't feel nothing and nothing's happening, you don't even know where you're at, you got to question, am I just wandering this desert? Waiting for an opportunity to come out. If you, if you know anything about the people of Israel, a whole generation died out before they went into the promised land. And wants to kill your dreams. How long have you been in church? <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to sound like a jerk, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I, I may sound like a jerk, but how long have you been in church? You haven't done anything yet. The people are here longer than me they haven't done nothing. People longer than me that ask about the scripture. I don't know what you're talking about. Let me search that because I don't know what you're talking about. What happened? Why are we not pressing into Jesus? We're going to do, I could go to anybody, I could go to an electrician, right? You know stuff about electricity, right? But what happens when you go to somebody and say, look, I need, I need help in the world. What, what, the, what does God say about this? How do we handle the church? How do we do this? How do we do that? People are like, I don't know. Just pray about it. Really? Really just pray about it? There's no instructions? The people are waiting in the desert for Moses to come down with the Ten Commandments to have instructions on how they're supposed to live in the promised land. You're just, we're just passing through and to get all the instructions, all the help, all the power from the Holy Spirit to move into the next step of our lives. That's why we're in this place. It's just to learn. God loves us so much that I'm going to prepare you for what's to come. Because he knows that we can, in the strength that we are now, in the strength that we were before, we cannot do it. We need to totally rely on the Holy Spirit. I don't, I, myself, I don't totally rely on the Holy Spirit. Especially when you drive. I don't, what's that thing? We have, a, we have a tax virtue with driving cars now. What, what was it? My brother right here. I don't know, he, he knows. The other day, on last Sunday, right? He, I didn't know it was him. He actually rose up right in front of the church. And the kids are getting out. So he sees the kids, right? And he's moving, edging and slow. And I'm like, this mother, this guy, rose up and I think. So I, boom, open the door wide to go see who it is. And I see him. Thank God. I check myself. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> And he was like, I saw, I said, you saw the kids? He was like, I saw them. And I was like, oh, because I was about to lose it. I thought it was like, I was scared. I thought you were going to lose it again. I was going to lose it. And I, I said, what is my frustration? Is my frustration coming because of the car? Or my frustration because I'm in the desert and I ain't doing nothing? And I'm not worshiping God in the way I should. Or I'm not looking for God in the way I should. Or stepping on in faith the way I should. So I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with all this stuff. So I'm like, Lord, if I'm frustrated, how do I get out of the situation? He said, obey me and do what I told you to do. We're waiting for answers. We're constantly waiting for answers from God. And God said, I already told you like five years ago. That's why you were frustrated all this time. Because you haven't done what I told you to do the first time. I have this thing of the, you know what I'm saying, with The Last Dragon? I, mean, I love movies, right? You know The Last Dragon with Bruce Leroy, you know that? I'm not saying I'm the master, but it gets to a point where he was getting drowned, and he's on his journey trying to find who the master is, and he's getting drowned and drowned. I felt like I was drowning for so long, getting drowned and drowned, drowned. And as he's getting drowned, he's getting pictures of people telling him, oh, you're the, you're the master, you be my master, you know the girls like that in the movie? I don't see a master in my body, but all, all these things come out, and then you realize, wait a minute. He's like, he gets up, he gets the glow, he's like, yo, I'm the master. It gets to the point, I'm not talking about being a master, what I'm talking about is, God has a call in my life. And how many times people have to say, hey, are you this yet? Or you got other pastors call me for certain things. Like, you're a pastor. Hey, do this. How you do that? And I'm like, nah, 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 Wait for God. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And God's like, how many times did I tell you? And the reason why you're, not, you're still searching is because you haven't listened to what I said. It's time to grow. We're not just a stick in the dirt, just nothing happening to it. And admiring that, saying, I hope something happens with that. 
God said, when you press him to me, when the stick was with Aaron, it was next to the, to, the, to the power of God and the presence of God, it budded. If you want to see a budding in your life, you want to see something fruitful come out of your life, it's time to get into the presence of God. There's no longer a time when we just go to church and hear the Bible and stuff like that. You know how many people just come to church on Sunday, that's all it is for them? I don't know how you do it. I'm strangling people already if I didn't seek the Lord on my own. I'm going to tell you, we all have struggle. I have struggled with anger for many years. And my thing is, I want to punch somebody in the face every five seconds I get. I have pictures in my head. I have this, this stupid thing I tell my wife sometimes. It's like, cold blue or something like that. Like, that means you need to get out and go to somebody's house in Connecticut because I just killed somebody in the street and they'll come after us. You need to run. That, that, that picture in my head that I do, isn't that madness? Because I'm frustrated. I'm walking this journey and I'm like, I don't know where to go. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. It's taking too long. It's taking too long. So I begin to form things and, and, and forfeit certain things and say, okay, maybe this will be the answer. Maybe this will be And I let TV or movies be the, my God for the season because I need to get through to the next step. And God said, no more idols before me. No more idols before him. Anything that you know that's your main subject in your life is an idol. And you need to bring it down before the Lord and say, Lord, empower me to do what you have called me to do. Amen. Some of you have callings in your life to be pastors and leaders and you haven't done nothing. You're waiting for something. What are you waiting for? If you can't think of what you're waiting for, then it's time to move on. Because there is nothing else. I don't, if I'm waiting for what am I waiting for? I'm waiting for validation? I'm waiting for someone to say this? I'm waiting for money? Like, what is it you're waiting for? To move. What are you waiting for to seek the Lord fully? And trust in him and follow him. What are you waiting for? Bad things to happen before you go to the throne the throne of God and say, now nah, I need you. That's what we are in this testing season. Jesus went out in the testing season and when he went back, he went in the power of the Holy Ghost. Strengthen, able to, to, to confront the enemy and say, no, 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 it's not that way. No, 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 that's not my, the way things are going to be. This is the way the Lord says it's going to be. And without being in before the Lord, without having strength in him, there's nothing we can do. I'm telling you, every struggle you've been through this season and the season before, God is going to honor you tremendously. If you connect with Jesus, I promise you, it's not my own words. Let test, test, let test and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see the Bible. Excuse me, let me test. Don't test the Lord. <laughs> Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste it. You don't go somewhere and say, oh, that stinks. I'm not going to eat that. Well, I don't know what that is. Taste it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But taste it. At least you don't hold up a spot in the seat and you're wasting your time where you could be serving the devil somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? I'm being real with you because it's it's to a point where we walk this place and we want people do this for me, do this for me, do this for me. But yet you don't go to God for the things that you actually need. Amen. God has great things in store for us, mighty things in store, and we cannot do it in our own strength. So many years, I, I know for us, we've been doing things in our own strength, and I have to just surrender to Jesus and say, Lord, it's Your way. You may, you may feel like today, I'm wrapping it up. You may feel like you're in the garden today. And you're saying, Lord, let this cup pass me. Let this thing pass me. Let this, this torment and this stress I'm going, let it just pass. But it, being in the presence of God and being in the spirit of God, you can have the authority and the power to say, but not my will, but your will be done. Amen. In this season, I pray that you would not be your will in this season, but it will be the will of God in your life. Let it complete its perfect work. Let it be finished in you. That you be fully, fully mature in the things of God. Lacking nothing, not needing anything, and able to move forward into the kingdom of God and do what God has called you to do in your life. Amen? Yes. Amen. Why don't we stand for a second? And if the worship team can make their way up.
So I just want to say, my husband is actually a very nice man. And that he can be scary when he says things like that, but he's not scary. So I just want you all to know that he's a lovely man. If not, I wouldn't be married to him for 17 years. Okay. Just wanted a buffer. Just wanted a buffer. But what I really wanted to tell you is this. As I was sitting here, there, I heard the Lord say, there's a bondage of weariness over my people. There's a bondage of weariness. And, and Matthew 11, 28 to 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn. Learn, right? Wasn't my husband just talking about learning, how we're in the season to learn? We're to learn from Jesus. To take upon who he is, his characteristics. So he says, take upon my yoke and take my, my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. Right? Because the Bible says that the flesh is weak, your spirit is willing. So sometimes you need to find rest for your soul. Amen? That's where the burden comes. That's where the weight comes. That's where the heaviness lies. is in your soul. Your spirit is so willing. If not, you wouldn't be sitting here this morning. And that's okay if you're struggling. It's okay to struggle. It's okay not to be a perfect Christian. It's okay to make mistakes. Just don't own that condemnation, okay? Just don't do that. Don't count yourself out just because you made a mistake or you did something wrong. But learn from Jesus. Learn that he's humble in heart and that he's gentle with your soul. And let him lift off of that weariness from you. And he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I want to ask you, if you're weary this morning, and if you found yourself weary, like the children of Israel, when they were waiting for Moses to come down off that mountain, if you find yourself weary and without a direction and instruction, I want you to come today and I want, I want you to stand up at the altar and as we sing and as we worship, I just want you to get in a mindset of, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to commit myself to learning from you in the season, to learn from you that you are gentle and you are meek and you are humble. And come up here and surrender those characteristics one more time to orbit the spirit. And so I ask you again, does the sun ever get tired of orbiting the earth? Does the moon ever grow weary of making that trip around the earth again? It doesn't, and neither should you. You shouldn't be weary in well-doing because the promise is that you're going to reap a reward. You're going to reap a reward for well-doing, for doing what you've been called to do. So if that's you this morning, I want you to come down. I love that song. I know we're probably not going to sing that right now, but there's a song by Elevation Worship that... Um, it's Jesus, I come, and just just about, you know, when you, if you have a moment, I'll post it on my Facebook later, but just take a moment to listen to that song about bringing your weariness before the Lord, surrendering that so that you can honor Him, so that your light can shine, no matter how dark you feel in here. Amen? Amen.